Welcome to the Coffee and Commerce podcast. I'm Sarah, your host. And today's episode is a guest expert episode. Rather than talking to an e-commerce business owner, I'm talking to an expert in some aspect of running or marketing an e-commerce business. I'll be bringing you these guest expert episodes from time to time to help give you hints and tips to improve your business. Let's dive in. Today I'm joined by Elaine from Pickled Ginger and Elaine is an expert in SEO and works with e-commerce businesses and small businesses to help them get their organic rankings better. Today we're going to talk about Google's new page experience update which is rolling out in May and we're going to discuss what that means to us as e-commerce retailers. Hi Elaine, welcome to the show. Hi Sarah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. That's okay. Should we start off by explaining what yes. exactly this update is and, okay. and so people know what it's yeah. actually talking about? Well, I think a lot of people, especially kind of small businesses who run the e-commerce uh, platforms, can get a little bit nervous when they hear SEO and Google algorithms and think it's something they they don't need to know about or it's too mm. scary for them to know about. But actually, I'd say to any small business owner that, you know what, there's something we can all learn and see the bigger picture. So Google per se, when we talk about SEO, search engine optimization, ultimately we say Google is the search because we default it uh, to that one, a search engine, because it has over 92% of the uh, market share. And it's intuitive and it's very clever and they've invested hundreds of thousands and millions of pounds. So that, that's why I speak about Google a lot rather than search engines, which yeah. can be being Yahoo stuff. Anyway, Google algorithms, believe it or not, there's they come out quite a few times within a year. We don't even know of them as lay people. You won't even know if you run a small business or e-commerce site. However, what they have done this time is told us that they're going to roll this one out and even given us guidelines about how we can help ourselves. So that in itself is actually quite unusual for Google to actually let us know what's coming mm -hmm. and say, why don't you help yourself by doing this? Why they do it all the time and why Google roll out these new algorithms is because ultimately they want us as consumers to have a really good user experience when we hit anyone's website. So really, I think of Google as a matchmaker. So this latest one that's rolling out in May is called the page experience, as you said, and there are some jargony words that are thrown around that shouldn't scare the life out of anyone. The core web vitals. It's like, oh my God, heart attack kind of thing. Actually, all it is really is what Google would like from our websites for our customers and consumers is they want really good speed, yeah. they want fast download speeds, and they also want our websites to be really easy to navigate. So when you land on our site, be the landing page, the home page, a certain product, it wants Google wants us as the website owners to give a really obvious, quick relative simple solution whereby they the answer is there be it that yes it's the product i want or i've got all the information very easy to be able to check out and there you go so actually when we're talking about the algorithm that's what it's all about yeah and i think a lot of people forget that we all think of google as this big beast and as advertisers they're always changing stuff and we're going as advertisers oh why do they keep changing this this is really annoying but ultimately they are doing it all for the benefit of the people yeah. searching because there's nothing worse than searching for something on google yeah. and a either not getting 
the results and of what you expect exactly and as, exactly. But as you say also clicking on a result yeah. whether that's an ad or organic but yeah we're talking about organic today obviously yeah you're clicking on that link and getting to the website and then finding that it's a horrible experience and you just don't want to stay there you want to go back to the yeah. so yeah i can yeah 100 percent see where we're going with this and how important it is for all of us to um, embrace this kind yeah of- and if we know what little things we need to do or at least we're aware of it and aware of what's going on with our own website then at least we know but yeah. you did touch very briefly on um, the organic versus the paid for example yeah. but actually if we do this for our own websites just thinking we're doing it for an organic search once we're doing that should you go paid advertising you are more likely to convert that yeah. click than if you were before so of course google is it's money making machine when it comes to ads but it wants yeah. again it's got that kind of that beast to it but we gotta remember it's full of people there that's it's gosh worldwide it's it's not just one big mothership robot it's full of people continually learning so yeah yeah so you mentioned these core web vitals and you mentioned page speed is the first thing that, that yeah. i heard when you say page speed what do we need to do as advertisers? What does it actually mean for us? And where, where do we even start to okay. figure out what to do? Yeah, that's a really good question because it can be overwhelming. I would actually say when it comes to uh, page speed, there are normally two things when I'm doing an audit that come up time and time again for me looking at e-commerce websites that slow a website down. And they are normally image sizes. Mm-hmm. And and if you have video and stuff, it might be embedded wrong or too long, and that really slows the website down. And the other one that it's one that people probably don't think about, but actually, if I just say it out loud, they're going to go, oh, yeah, of course, why wouldn't it? Or if you're a Shopify advertising site, you may have many apps attached to your website they are going to slow it down. And if you're WooCommerce or something, again, you're going to have plugins, the same thing. So without realizing, every time you add something to your website, check, do I really need that on my website? Or is it like, oh, I got a, f- a fun download one, it was relatively cheap. Because what happens with a plugin or an app on Shopify is that every time you plug something in, you're taking it to another webmaster. And so in those seconds, it's a bit like a satellite, it's going up and all those seconds seem like nothing to us. But to Google in a search, it does. Yes. So it's definitely, I would talk about image sizing and check how many apps you have or, or plugins you have on your website. Okay. So with, let's, let's tackle one of those at a time then. Let's talk about images first, because obviously an e-commerce website, it has to be visually appealing. We have to have lovely images. Otherwise, nowadays, people are, are not impressed if yeah, they don't yeah. see the lovely images. And you're talking about image size. How do I go about, first of all, checking what my image sizes are? Is there a way Mm. I can do that? Or what do I need to, how do I go about looking and checking what image sizes I've got? 
Okay, so it's a really good question. And it really does vary on what platform you're on. So I don't just mean you might be on Shopify versus WooCommerce. It, you might be on a themed basis or you might have had it customized. So it's either if someone built it for you and it's a developer, I'd always check with them saying the sizes you put in, what sizes were they? Just to check with them because actually developers, another good question, sorry, you've made me think about question, is that sometimes if we have asked someone to build a site for us. They're actually website developers. They're not SEO people. So they are actually about structuring it and coding it and da 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 da. And again, the website designers are different to website developers. They are design, they're creative, and they're making it look pretty, but it's not their job to optimize it. And that's one of my little bugbears that I have that I'm, you know, hoping to train and talk to more kind of web designers and developers to say, actually, you're sending off your lovely client and a, and a great design, but are the images it's the right size and have you embedded too much video in so e-commerce and, and that's where i i think sadly it, they can get hit quite a lot by the google thing because things do slow down so what i would say is actually really look at your own website make sure that it's a bit like when your accounts at home don't leave it to the partner or whatever always know where your insurance is always know where your accounts are it's can't i think about that the analogy when i've got my website it's like who hosts it what platform is it on is it coded and then you really think okay you can just go in ironically to google go on a search engine and ask it what are the best sizes and so canva for example is very good as like a product to be able to tell you the sizing for blog sizes or social media sizes but it doesn't always tell you what the best optimal size is for a website and if you go into the shopify i'm talking shopify a lot but of course it could be squarespace or wordpress but if you actually go into the support community section online of shopify it will really give you so much details um, so many details sorry about what size is right and it might be the banner but actually it might be on the landing page and you might have a really big one or a one that's going back so keep them but it's literally a case of thinking oh they are way too big and thinking yeah. so it doesn't mean you can't change them but it's knowing that ah, oh, okay so either you might be a bit tech happy and think well, i can do that myself or it's okay there are loads of people who can help you resize them so again another thing it's quite yeah. funny the irony of course i'm saying resize them a lot of people then get an app or a plugin to resize them and that takes a lot of <laughs> So it's how many of us have got smush it on our webs on our WordPress yeah, sites? Yeah. Because that's what yeah. that does, isn't it? And that's it's a plug that smushes them kind of thing. But if it really works, and then it's like anything, it's pros and cons. Okay, that one really works for you. Mm. You've got the smush it, you've got that to be able to resize you. So I think it's really when I talk about this for anyone, I think if you understand and you think, oh, okay at least I know that's probably the only problem and they're easy fixes it's not like going back in and having to do a math fix it's thinking okay that's probably where my website is slowing down and I can fix it but also it's a case of then I'll maybe have a look at your media library around the back end and just me even because a lot of people change them again so even if it's say for example on your product page you could maybe go into your media library and just have a look at them there because all the kind of image sizes show up. Yeah. Do you have any recommended tools for changing images? Because one that I I really like and I use it quite is um, Pixlr, because yeah. it's online and it's yeah. free. You can 
up, you can just upload an image and then you can either crop it or you can just with yeah. a couple of clicks you can change the dimensions so instead of being 5000 yeah. pixels because that's how images are measured isn't it I mean, pixels you can bring it down to a thousand yeah. say for example and it um and then you just save it again and it's just a smaller thing but that's the one that i use there are so many do you know what there are so many and what we'll do is i'll do a couple of my best as well to do and, and then we can link them to your podcast that would be good for how Brilliant. you're going to do that and yeah Brilliant. let's do that so, we, so, so images, so and then obviously we're talking product images, category images, home yeah. images, and sort of banners. The first thing yeah. we think about. Yeah, okay. So the other one that you mentioned was, so let's focus on, let's kind of talk about Shopify. But as you said, it meant it also applies to yeah. plugins. When it comes to apps, is it simply just a case of going through your back end and saying, do I actually use that one? Do I need it? And deleting it or... Okay. Is there anything else? So it, it's quite, it's a really valid question. So it seems really simple. And I would say when we're doing audits and I can see, actually, I would say to my client, literally go in, look at your apps and tell me which ones you think you don't need. And then actually what I would probably do is weigh up, do I actually ever use this versus all? Oh, Maybe you can look on your Google Analytics kind of thing. I think, has anything coming through that way? But literally, that is exactly where I would start. I would just literally look at the back end. And there are so many, many of our clients have 40, 50. They don't even know they have wow. them. They don't even know they have them. And so one of them might be clearly to me using up a lot of um, space. However, it's necessary. It's really going to help something along the back end. It might be part of the actual either shop or the a, a different part of it. But so don't think, oh, how can I make that one smaller? You can't. And it's necessary. And what? It's a really good um, topic to discuss, actually, because a lot of people are afraid to get a Shopify expert to code something in because they think it's going to be more expensive. But sometimes yeah. if you've got a Shopify website and you've built it up yourself and you've got a theme and you've actually think, actually, I really want this kind of these apps slowing down. Sometimes in the long run, having someone code parts for you will be cheaper than continually having the new apps to run along the side. And I think that's a conversation that people are a little bit nervous of because they're thinking, well, coding must be super expensive. But Shopify, even if it's custom built and it's there, it can still be coded. Wow, I, that's really mm. interesting that you say, because I have to say that probably wouldn't have occurred to me to think, as you say, of, yeah. of that as yeah. an option, because you, you say quite rightly, you tend to think, oh my goodness, may have something custom coded just for my yeah. website, going to cost a yeah. fortune. And yes, it might cost, obviously it's going to cost money, but yes, it might cost, I don't know, hundreds, mm. thousands, but if you if your whole business is run yeah. on Shopify and that's your main source of income, how many people are you losing and how much, how many rankings yeah. are you suffering because of the page load speed? So yeah, I guess you have to think about the balance, as you say, between the long term gain and the short term um, investment. Yeah, and I think it is because 
because for example say we're on shopify at shopify i think when anyone just goes from hobby to this is a business and that happens a lot especially last year people are like oh my gosh this is really taking off mm. i want to learn more i want to learn more so for me having this conversation with you i'm so grateful because i think anything to be able to help small businesses i'm a small business um, as well so i get it so i'm really always learning but from what i can impart is to say that actually sometimes don't be fearful of what you might be able to do because shopify can get more and more expensive because you'll grow and at what stage do you then come at, go on to a custom built one but actually the one you have already could have those little peaks. So if you've got, say, 15, 20 apps, you're thinking, I really need this, and I'm a bit confused, and I'll try this one, I'll try that one, and they might cost, and you've got the monthly costs of Shopify. Actually, like you say, pros and cons, is your website mm. converting? Are you being found for the keywords? Are your ads converting? If not, why not? Possibly it's to do with the speed, the download, you're not converting because maybe the app's not working. Everything for e-commerce and Shopify is to really send that client through that, uh, that customer journey to convert and click and yep. buy and keep also. We want to keep those people. And there's so many apps and fun pop-ups and stuff. But all of that, oh, yeah, I love a pop-up. And they're great, <laughs> but it's a case of you know, really be aware of what you've got on your website slowing it down. If people want to check, is there a way that they can check how fast or slow their website yeah. is? And I know that's something that we haven't touched on, but that's the difference between your website on mobile and desktop. Yeah. And so maybe can we, well, first of all, talk about how people can check yeah, definitely. what their page speed is. And then maybe we can talk a little bit more about the difference between desktop and mobile. So first of all, they Google have a free tool that any of us can use. I would, I just, it's called something like page developer Google, but again, we'll link it of uh, the URL. And all you do is you, you type it up onto your Google search engine and it'll just have an analyzer. All you do is put your own domain URL in there and it takes a minute if that, and it analyzes your website for speed and it will come up with the mobile versus desktop and at least you know so i would we kind of just touched on this again it's a really interesting one because people often look at their mobile and want to cry and immediately think oh god that's awful it's okay yeah, mobile is always slower than your desktop and there are various reasons for that would you like me to explain that now because yeah yes so yeah, yeah, I, I think do. mobile is always slower than desktop because of the age of the phone where you live, the contract you have with your provider, how much data you're allowed to download, Wi-Fi connection, all of those variables are so hard. So yes, most Shopify and web builders or WooCommerce are responsive, built for mobile in mind, but then are they optimized for mobile in mind? And that's where that's why we have to make it faster because, and it really depends. And I would say again, using your Google analytics or Shopify analytics to understand where your users are coming in. Are they coming in from, do they come in from desktop? Do they come in from mobile? And, and it's knowing your audience, but most of us ultimately are on our mobile. Interestingly, yeah. last year, 
the desktop usage went up because we've been working from home, everyone's home. And so we're actually rather than on our phone, we tend to be on our laptops or desktops because it's easier. However, when we move yeah. again, we will be going back onto mobile. So there is a reason why your mobile will no doubt be a lot. And, and from some people, the percentages, like it could be 25 out of 100, whereas your desktop might be 89. Yeah. And it's very normal. I had that when I tested it a while ago, and my mobile page speed was 26. <laughs> and my desktop was yes. really, yes. really good. And it had a lovely... Yes. And then the yes. mobile just... It was, it was all. <laughs> I, th I think it's like anything, rather than panicking, thinking, oh, it's never going to work. It can. You can, I think, yeah. if we know it, think, oh, okay, there's a reason for that. Mm. We know it can get faster because desktop's doing okay. So something we're doing right. And so there, there are many things we can do. But I think if you know what you're working on, but also really, you mentioned it before, I think, just before we, we went on air to talk about the difference between your audience. Where is your audience coming in from? And actually, if you yeah. think, oh, they might be bouncing off a site. And when I say bouncing off, it just means, say, I've gone into a library, I'm Mrs. Google, and I'm searching on Google. I've gone into a library, and there's no category, the book's all over the floor. I'm not going to think, gosh, I need that um, product page on silky dresses for middle-aged women, don't know who I'm talking about, but I just walk out because I can't find it quickly. So it is all about yeah. categories, size, speed, all those little things together really help us stay on a page rather than bounce off. So actually, if you're thinking mobile are bouncing off, but desktop are staying, why? Is it a different audience? So it's thinking yeah. of literally a little bit deeper. It's going backwards a bit, thinking about the keywords, the audience. And is it the right audience you're attracting as well? Yeah. I'm going to get on my high horse now because this is a pet peeve of mine. Um, navigation and product organisation on yeah. a website because I... <laughs> used to spend with my website, I used to spend, I don't know how many times I changed the, the way that the products were mm. organized. Spend hours and hours and hours tweaking yeah. and fiddling and trying yeah. to think, well, but somebody, if somebody wants to search for something that's yeah. blue, then how they can't search for blue and how and it really annoys me that people I don't think mm. necessarily think when they're building the site carefully yeah. enough about how they are going to structure that navigation and those product categories so that when somebody comes in, they can quite easily yeah. say, okay, I would like to look at, like you say, dresses yeah. of a certain colour. And I mean, we're getting into different territory now we're talking about product filtering, but it's what I'm talking about is the fact that it is, it's a user yes. experience. And Google can see, they can see how people behave on your website, can't they? And I guess that's part of it. If they see kind of, yeah, and then disappear because they can't find it, if they spend... 10 minutes on your site because they looking at lots of products and looking at lots of categories they can, oh, they absolutely on google analytics if you ever go in there and i, I think we're going to touch upon that on another podcast the google analytics yep. is you might just have shopify analytics but I'd always look at google analytics because it shows you yeah. the behavior of people and there's like a heat map and a tree map there's different ways of your visual to look at different things some people just like the heat map other people really like the kind of graphs, but ultimately it tells you where people are landing, where people are going to from that page, where people are bouncing off. So you can see either, what are, are, is that working for them? Are they finding what they want? Are, are they going to the cart and they're coming away? So from as an SEO expert, what we often um, see is we work towards looking at the menu structure, the category structure, yeah. 
And then I think yeah. a lot of people think, oh, I've got, I can't put that product at the same place as, as another category. Well, actually, of course you can, because if, if it's a case of me looking as a consumer for something, then it is a case of me as a consumer. I might not know the keyword use, but I might not know it's a chiffon dress under A-line. I just think, oh, what do I get? So I might go into a different category and that product will be there, but it was going to be on another one. But all I think what I'd really like to say, well, now we've touched upon it, I know we've slightly gone off the speed, but I think we can always touch upon it again. It's actually a product that you might be the same product in different categories. All you need is slightly different wording. Because if it's the same, it'll be duplicated and Google won't like that. And it's basically what Google will see is that you're trying to compete against yourself. And so it's all confused with going. So you just change slightly the wording, the keyword kind of thing. But that's very fine. And I think you're absolutely right, because then you're giving me as a consumer looking for the right thing fast. You're giving me all those options very simply. And you're absolutely right. So, yeah. I can see why it gets a bug there when, when, you know, we should overthink it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't spend too yeah. much time organizing your navigation when it comes to an e-commerce shop. I don't think, unless you've got six products. Well, no, exactly. Yeah. But as you grow, and this is hopefully talking to businesses who are growing and thinking, actually yeah. get it right at the beginning or tweak it at the beginning. And then understand about what how Google searches engines and um, sorry how searches websites and then at least how how things work. Yeah. I think we'll probably wrap this up here because we're going to do another episode together because we don't want this to turn into some mammoth episode <laughs> talking about everything SEO. But I love how you you're so enthusiastic about all of this and we can't be we just can't stress enough, can we? The importance of I think probably when it comes to SEO, would you say? Page speed is probably one of the top influences. Yeah, At th this year definitely. It's fair to say this year definitely. Google have really emphasised, and I, I'm sadly I do think the e-commerce will get hit a bit more because of the because of the the nature of the beast being very visual. However, it is letting us know and it's saying, you know, things are fixable. So I think that's great. And remember, it's not going to be a May hit, oh, optimised or changed immediately. Yeah. Um, nothing bad's going to happen, but what you'll see over time is looking for something and you'll, um, that it just won't, you, you're not yeah. helping yourself. So I think if we can all help ourselves as small businesses, think how can we really great with that um, because we are, as as humans, we're getting, we want things now. It's a, it's amazing how impatient we can be, isn't it? When a website went oh, too slow. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, I must admit, I'm very grateful that they are giving us some warning because this is a little anecdote yeah. and experience of mine when I was running my e-commerce business. I think, I'm sure it was May 2012. I think it was the first big penguin, I think it was, algorithm update. Oh, yeah. I yeah. used to get all my traffic came from organic I didn't do any paid ads wow. at the time and I came into work one morning and there were there were no orders in the in the inbox and I'm like oh that's odd that's weird hmm. same next day I would get one order two a day if I was lucky and overnight they'd made this algorithm change overnight yeah completely dropped off the search engine ranking it's, it's frightening I probably had some I, it was the backlink one, I think. I had some backlinks coming in from... I didn't even know I had these backlinks coming in. But yeah. Google saw them, immediate slap, completely. And it literally yeah. killed the... So 
should be so grateful that they're actually giving us some warning and i'm not suggesting that this is going to be people are going to suddenly lose their businesses overnight as you say but the fact that they're giving us a heads up and a warning should tell us that we need to listen to them because it's yeah because they are they are in charge and they know what's they know what's coming so let's listen to them shall we 100 percent um it's been amazing chatting. As I said, we're going to do another episode. We're going to talk some about some other topics when it comes to SEO. All the um, things that we've talked about today, anything that was that we've got links to, they'll all be linked in the show notes. So we'll compile that. And, and I guess, can we can we put some links to maybe some more information? And obviously, I'll link Lane's website so that you can go on. and. and... Yeah, absolutely. Um, there'll, there'll be things that I'm really happy to share. And I've got freebies and stuff. And anything that I think, oh, well, that I'll definitely add it. You know, from my, you know, being a small business, I, I love being able to support other small businesses. And hey, I love shopping. So if I can find something without going to a big, big shop yeah. and finding it u- unique, I love that. Brilliant. So Brilliant. I'm all for it. Well, this has been great. Thanks ever so much, Elaine. And, yeah, I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. And we'll um, carry on talking about SEO. Absolutely. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people to discover the content. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified when we publish a new episode.